From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. It's a snow day. I guess everybody's snowed in, maybe snowed in. Of course, school snowed in. Uh, how have you coped uh, with the snow? Well, Derek, let me just say, the UTW podcast, we take no days off. In here, early in the morning, <laughs> treacherous roads, exactly. doesn't matter. I know. People honking at us. I mean, it's like it's like me and you and the police officers driving around the city. That's We're basically mailmen on steroids. Exactly. What, what's it, by the way, they used to say, you know, no no rain, no sleet, no hail, no snow. No, it's it, yeah. It's, now FedEx and UPS canceled. FedEx, for snow. UPS, uh, post office taking the day off. I don't know. We may never get our mail. Uh, I don't know. But I'm just kind of laughing. I guess when the unions or contractors kind of get involved, it changes that. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, you know, of course, President's Day uh, was also yesterday, so we didn't get mail then. Uh, not sure if we're going to get mail today. UPS and, and FedEx shut down yesterday. Uh, going to try to run again today. Uh, but uh, no, but we're here putting in work. We talk a lot off air. Had the opportunity to go and enjoy the uh, chocolate tour that we, we enjoy talking about on Friday. So uh, what, what chocolates did you get? I didn't go in. Oh. <laughs> I didn't go in. I was in the car. Uh, when you have a six-year-old, you uh, you sit in the car and make sure she doesn't go in and absolutely uh, terrorize the so store. So she did not. She did not know about the chocolate. No, no, she knew all about the uh, chocolate. She thought she was going in. She thought the whole deal. She was uh, upset. Uh, sweet lady, uh, Miss Erin Hill, friend of yours from Natchez, um, was was actually at the store that we stopped at and saw us outside and brought her brought Evelyn something. So she oh, she enjoyed yeah she enjoyed a little bit of the chocolate tour. Had an opportunity, but just it's I keep saying chocolate tour because uh, I made it a point to keep saying over and over on saturday you know it's 25 degrees at least we had sunshine though it, it, it was light uh there was no none of what happened yesterday no <laughs> none of that no, didn't have the 25 mile an hour winds it was brutally cold though. what about 22 25 yeah. on saturday yeah but the roads were clear we played uh, indoor soccer on saturday up in south Haven as well you know just kind of a laid back uh, weekend just getting ready uh Derek just watching the um <laughs> i guess you know watching the local news uh, they seem to uh i, I call it snow porn oh man you know? they were- <laughs> Could not it made their year. Oh my god! Absolutely they, made absolutely. their year. Look, when I when I woke up uh, yesterday morning, you know, you wake up and about seven, they sw- always switch to like the national shows. Uh, no, they said, you know what? W- you're not watching the Today Show today. You're watching us for the next twelve hours. Yeah, you're gonna watch people sit at the at the intersections, mm-hmm. hoping there's a fender bender, hoping that somebody's gonna you know cruise to their slow. I think I've seen five or six uh, bread uh, bread shelves. Seen the bread oh, shells, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, gas lines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the uh, I, yeah, like I said, it's snow porn is what I call it. It's pretty pretty impressive <laughs> how well, much man, it, they it show. Is, it is White Death 2021. Exactly, White Death 2021. Are we allowed to say that now? <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's what it is. I mean, <laughs> like every every year growing up, it was, you know, it was, you know White Death whenever. Uh, and this one, it actually was. This is the first year I've ever seen it. Usually it's like, okay, we're going to start with six inches. Now we're gonna, nope. Now we're going to get three. Now we're going to get one, maybe a light dusting. Yeah. This time, every day it got worse. It went yeah. from like maybe zero to two, two to four, four to six. Oh, we're going to get eight to ten. And I was right. like, what the world's happening? Yeah. But, Matt, with all that falling snow, one thing that's also been falling and staying low, interest rates. That's right, Derek. Interest rates, perfect time right now to call our presenting sponsor for 2021, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has over 25,000 closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. Whether you're buying or selling a home, call Team Couch of Birch Realty Group today. 
They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. Now is a great time to list your house. Not necessarily with all the snow, but as we start to thaw, get into spring. Team Couch is offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That is a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been voted DeSoto County's best realtor multiple times. They're ranked as a top team in Mississippi by America's Best Real Estate Professionals Magazine. That's a top team in Mississippi by America's Real Estate Professionals Magazine. They possess over 64 years of combined real estate experience. If you're planning to buy or sell a home in the next six to eight weeks, now's the time to call Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. You can call them at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Again, for a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Even in the snow, the podcast recorded at the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have high-end smokers, sauces, cast iron, rubs, cutting boards, knives, just everything a man needs for outdoor cooking. You can call them at 662 612-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or find them on Facebook at H2Q. That's the letter H, the number 2, the letter Q, Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q, Malcolm Shop on Facebook. Well, Matt, yesterday it was uh, President's Day, as we mentioned. Uh, I was off. Uh, Most banks were off. Most governments were shut down already. Of course, then everything got shut down with the snow. So we are taping this early on Tuesday morning. We are not sure whether or not, uh, have not heard about the Alderman meetings tonight going on. We do know that the supervisor's meeting was going to be tonight, or actually throughout the day and into the night. Um, and it has already been postponed till uh, next Monday. Uh, it's regularly supposed to be on Mondays. It was going to be Tuesday this week because of the President's Day. Now it's been moved to next Monday, February 22nd, uh, back to a, a regular scheduled day, if not the regular scheduled week. Uh, but for the Alderman meetings tonight in Hernando and uh, South Haven, we're not sure uh, yet uh, if they're going to be postponed. I would hopefully imagine that they would be if the roads kind of freeze back over uh, throughout the rest of the day and, and depending on the traffic. But uh, we'll wait and see. However, we're going to go ahead and preview those. Uh, whether they happen this week, whether it's postponed the next week, we're going to go ahead and cover them. And then um, hopefully when we're back again on Friday, we'll be reviewing them. Maybe they took place on Wednesday or Thursday, if not tonight. If not, uh, then we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll review them next week. But the Hernando Alderman meeting you know, last time was very short, about 20, 25 minutes. Should have only been about 10 or 15. This time, probably going to be longer. There's several items up for have to come back up, Matt. Um, the first being uh, a requested amendment to the Madison Lakes PUD. Uh, this, of course, is a huge project. This was tabled from, if you remember, December 15th of last year. So basically two months later, they're finally bringing it back up. And we pretty much this is probably still dealing with a water issue. Sure. When you say water issue, Derek, what you're talking about is the water tower. The right. city of Fernando is, uh, you know, no pun intended here, on the UTW or under the Water Tower podcast. The city is requiring or at least uh, kind of demanding what it seems like uh, that they put in a, a new water tower to service those thousand homes and all the commercial area over there. And the developer is uh, has some questions about that, has some reservations about it. Felt like it was kind of snuck in after some a, a ton of approvals. Madison Lakes has worked very hard 
the last two years to get uh, approved and, and get moving in the right direction from the planning commission. And it seems like, boom, next thing you know, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, here's a, you know, a water tower that you have to put up. So that's a big deal. That's probably be the biggest part of the meeting uh, coming up because, again, that's going to be a thousand homes. I mean, it's the growth of Fernando the next 20, you know, 20 years. Um, so that, that's, you know, deal with that. And, you know, maybe they, they come to a resolution, hopefully. So we'll kind of watch for that and uh, let you know what happens with that. The next one uh, is the request to final plot approval for Dooley subdivision. Uh, if you remember the Dooley subdivision, this is the four-lot subdivision that was talked about about a month ago in our podcast where the developer was just basically um, rezoning it from agricultural to R40. Uh, and now he's actually bringing the, I guess, the subdivision, quote-unquote subdivision itself. The subdivision consists of four total lots. But he's taking the 3.78 acres, uh, asking it to be turned into four lots in which to build houses on. This is on the, and this is north of Nesbitt Road on the west side of Wynn Road. So again, this is the last time it was just rezoning it. This time it's actually asking for the final plat to be put in. And you'll probably be able to see what the lots look like in the meeting, uh, kind of the talk of the design of the houses, et cetera. Minimum square footages and all that will be discussed. So that's something else we'll be looking at. And that's going to be right there. At, if you're looking at the American Legion in Nesbitt, just north of it. Just north and on, just the, same north side, of, on the same right, side, same of, the side of the road. Just right. If you're looking at the American Legion, just to the north of it is going to be the four lots that he's talking about. So not a very big subdivision. No. I mean, yeah. Know, yeah. And again, they had it to be just under an acre right. because they still had to maintain, uh, I think, that's what the R40 means. 40 means 40,000 square feet, so just under an acre per lot. And so this this is what he's looking to do. Uh, the next one is for another subdivision. This is phase four of Magnolia Commons. Uh, this will be on 14.57 acres, turning into the 36 lots. Uh, and this will be on the east side of Magnolia Drive, basically where Magnolia Blossom Road dead ends. And so you can, if you look at a map of what the neighborhood looks like, you see where two streets kind of dead end into each other. That's basically going to continue that on for another 36 lots. This, of course, is located south of the cemetery or kind of south east of the cemetery uh, in Hernando, close to the jail. And so they're putting another 30, looking to put another 36 lots in there. The next thing on the agenda uh, that kind of caught our eye was uh, the uh, to authorize the mayor to sign a lease with the Hernando Civic Center. This basically is allowing the city to run the park system down uh, at the baseball fields, the uh, hockey rink area. And so this is a, they do this every year. This is just an agreement. Usually it's a very minimum sum. Uh, I know what it's been in the past. I, I don't want to say what the amount is here because that's, we hadn't seen the agreement yet, but uh, I, I imagine it's going to be a very, very low price uh, to do that, to lease it for another year. And so that's, that will look to be authorized. The next one is the city of Hernando is looking to apply to authorize the Parks Department uh, for a grant, a Mississippi Wildlife Federation grant, to finish the trail at Conger Park. Now, this is the walking trail, the kind of paid walking path around Conger Park itself. Uh, they're looking to uh, get funds to repair it, to fix it, uh, to add on an additional to it. But, you know, I don't know how many feet or how many yards are going to be added to it, but just basically make an improvement of that walking trail. Uh, the grant, of course, is about $120,000. Uh, the city's park will be about $30,000, 20% uh, required down on it. And so that's the, uh, that's the request, looking to do that. And then the last thing that we're looking at that uh, is to authorize, and this is just something that, you know, you don't see this very often, but to authorize a city attorney to make a claim with their insurance uh, for the cop car that was damaged at Walmart. A lot of y'all may know about this. Uh, there was a, uh, a woman who was found asleep in her car at the Walmart gas station when she was awoken by cops because she was passed out at the wheel. She tried to escape kind of played bumper cars a little bit, flipped her car by running over a cop car, flipped it, and, uh, of course, she was arrested. And But now that, that car has to be basically totaled out and a claim made with the insurance agency by the city. So just some of the things that we're looking at and we'll review uh, once the meeting takes place. It really is amazing how detailed the city has to be, the meetings and everything, you know, that they have to 
you know, the board has to vote for the city attorney to take the next step just to do a uh, insurance claim. So very interesting that they, they go that detailed in the meetings. I mean, it's really neat. I told you, Derek, we won't go on, talk about it on the air uh, just yet, but I, I've been paying close attention to my, my hometown alderman meetings and the hometown procedures due to a couple of different things, again, that we can talk about some other time on the podcast. But I've paid closer attention, and I assure you the city of Hernando does a very good job just keeping up with their stuff, very good job of, of what they're doing each and every meeting compared to what I see uh, from my hometown alderman meetings. It's very impressive. We have comparing and contrasting styles. I mean, we do give a lot of love for South Haven. Sure. Uh, they have a very well-run meeting. Uh, the mayor, you know, usually has good talking points and, and you know, does a little different style meeting where he gives uh, updates uh, during the meeting, whereas, you know, the Hernando mayor, I don't think the last two mayors have really done that. May, there may have been comments on, on issues, but to have an actual mayor's report uh, has not been the MO uh, of the Hernando Alderman meeting. But, as you said, yes, they do a very good job of making sure they get stuff on the agenda, making sure that they're trying to, you know, even the smallest things like this to get on there. And, and when you do watch maybe your hometown or smaller towns, look at their autumn meetings and guess what's going on. We are blessed to have what we have, even though we can't complain from time to time about how the way things go. I come from a town of 4,000 in Louisiana. Uh, Hernandez is way larger, larger than that, but they do a very good job um, of, and have for years, I would assume, done a very good job of, of just doing from the – every dollar they're going to spend, uh, you know, going in front of the alderman, getting approval for that. So good job. So not a ton going on in the Hernando Alderman meeting. We feel like Madison Lakes will probably take up quite a bit of it towards the beginning. So looking forward to an update on that big project. Uh, again, such growth, 1,000 homes on the northeast side of Hernando coming up in the next decade. So we're going to turn our attention now north. Uh, Derek, we read through the agenda. Not a whole lot going on South Haven Alderman. Obviously continued growth in South Haven, some approvals for neighborhoods. The thing that we thought we kind of caught our attention was the approval possible possibly of a new business coming to town of South Haven. Derek, tell us about it. They're looking for an indoor shooting range. Is looking for a conditional permit at 8531 Hamilton Road. So, again, they used to have a shooting range up on State Line Road. It was in an old maybe Pizza Hut building, cross street from the Burger King on the east side uh, of the old Walmart. Uh, and so that's that's been, I guess, closed now for a few years. They're looking to put another one now at 8531 Hamilton Road. So, again, if that's something, especially on days like yesterday and today, uh, with the weather being like it is, if you want to go out and practice, or even during the summertime, just want to go out and get your shots off and, and be able to practice for either hunting season or, you know, you're trying to practice for uh, to get your license or anything like that, um, you know, to have that is, is uh, people really do enjoy that, use it for sport. And so I think it would be, you know, just a, a you know, I, I would assume it's a, an existing building, Hamilton Road's one of the older roads in, in um, South Haven. So maybe putting a, a, an older building to, to good use. As we said, not a lot going on with the South Haven Alderman. Obviously, we always tell you about the mayor's report. As, as we record this morning, we're not sure if the meetings are going to happen tonight I anyway. So uh, we'll definitely uh, keep you guys up to speed throughout the week. Mayor's report is always in the meetings. We talk about that a lot on Fridays, kind of what he talked about, uh, different things. So moving on, we start out Hernando-wide. Then we go out to South Haven, a little bit of growth there. And then we move all the way out to the county. The state of Mississippi has stopped the vaccine distribution, at least they did yesterday. We, we have not heard if they're stopping it for today as far as um, vaccine distribution there at the Lander Center. So those are all going to be rescheduled, obviously, for safety purposes and reason with, with ice and snow and all that. I know southern Mississippi had some rain, flooding, that type stuff as well. So the state of Mississippi has put a halt to the vaccine distribution for right now due to the weather, and those appointments will be moved. So don't forget, if you had an appointment or if you know someone who did, whether it was your parents or anything like that, just make sure not to, to fret. They will be moving uh, those to a different date here, here pretty soon. Yeah, the COVID-19 
second vaccination location at the Lander Center. As you said, it was closed. Uh, everyone who had appointments on yesterday, appointments on Monday the 15th, those have been moved to Sunday, February 21st, so this Sunday. If you remember, there was a day last week, Thursday last week, uh, was moved to Saturday the 20th. Well, now, yesterday the 15th, is moved to Sunday the 21st. They will be working this Sunday uh, the, on the 21st to uh, to get those scheduled and get those administered. Keep your same time. So if it was at 9 a.m. yesterday, it's going to be 9 a.m. on Sunday. I know that may affect church. You may have to call and, and maybe reschedule yours. If you do, please call and don't just show up. Please call so somebody else can have your spot. Uh, but again, uh, all the same times you should receive an email, a text, or a phone call. Uh, to get that, and then, uh, again, the phone call will be a 601 number, just like we told you last week. A phone, the phone number will be a 601 number. Please answer it. They're just telling you about the rescheduling and to make sure that that will be uh, something that you can show up for. So, again, uh, if you were scheduled for yesterday, please show up this Sunday at the same scheduled time. Derek, last week we talked about Walmart uh, having the opportunity to start giving the vaccine. Got a little bit of, of information. My sister-in-law does work for the state health department. She listened to the podcast on Friday. Thank you for listening, of course. Uh, but then uh, send me a text about a couple of things. Walmart should administer about 30 shots a day. Uh, and she, according to her, it was kind of uh, the stores, the stores did pay for that opportunity to uh, administer the shots. I guess they kind of felt like those 30 people that come in to get the shots would stay in and shop or whatever. So we certainly don't know how much they paid or whatever, but they did pay for the opportunity. So not sure why Hernando was not one of them, but all the Walmarts in DeSoto County, uh, you read it last week, will be giving the vaccine. And again, it should be about 30 a day. So not a huge dent, but you know, 150 a week times three, so another 500 vaccines a week, I guess. Yeah, and it, important for those people. Of course, uh, And yes. also important to Walmart. I mean, it's a kind of a good marketing by Walmart. Sure. Uh, they now can, you know, advertise that they're giving out the vaccine. So uh, good for them. But anyway, I don't know how many people will be getting the, the shot today uh, or yesterday, uh, but hopefully they'll be giving it soon to kind of help people to kind of uh, escape what they're going through. Hey, the crazy thing, Derek, about that is, as cold as it is today and yesterday, about zero degrees wind chill here, it's still way warmer than the vaccine has to be kept at. Was it like negative 50? Right. So think about that. So it's zero degrees outside in Hernando, and it's still 20, 30, 40 degrees warmer than what the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine has to be stored at, which is just a term. Can you imagine how cold that is? Just yeah, tremendous. I mean, it's really cold. Look, I mean, I've, I stepped out and felt the negative three mid-afternoon yesterday. And uh, this morning, I think it got down. I think it's one outside right now while we're recording this. I don't want any part of what negative 50 feels like, but I do know where it's above 50 right now, Matt, and that's in Florida. Absolutely. Orlando, Florida is definitely wide open. If you're looking to make that trip to Orlando, reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Magical Destinations of Hernando is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can call them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. North Point Christian School will offer a preview of the point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school, health, and safety, as well as unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today. 
by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sheeran at 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. and see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. Podcast brought to you each and every week by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Derek, we turn our attentions now each and every week on Tuesdays. Again, Derek, just no, we don't take days off. We, we, we come in the snow. Rain, sleet, or snow. <laughs> Rain, we, we, we're like the old post office. That's what we're, That's right. old post office. We, we get together every Tuesday, the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, brought to us by the DeSoto County Museum, Rob Long, the great folks at DeSoto County Museum, Tuesday through Saturday, probably going to have some affected hours this week, Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5, at the DeSoto County Museum, right across from Area 51 Ice Cream and Blue Ribbon Cleaners, right across the street, you're going to see the DeSoto County Museum, just an absolute asset in Hernando. If you're looking to learn more or educate your children on the county they now live in or the county they've been a part of for a long time, visit the DeSoto County Museum. This week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week, Derek, tell us about it. This takes place took place 66 years ago, so 1955, almost to the week, February 3rd, 1955, a massive tornado hit the south southern part of the county, uh, affecting Hernando, Robinsonville, Lewisburg area. Kind of, so it cut a swath all the way across the whole uh, so- southern part of the county. 32 people dead, 40 hurt, and then another three north of Lewisburg. So a total of 35, and then 40 hurt. And a, a tornado came about 3 p.m. As schools were letting out, it did unfortunately explode a small school about two miles north of Lewisburg. Actually picked it up 50 feet and moved it across the road. Uh, with the students in it, uh, unfortunately, two of the, of, of the dead were students. And so just a, a, a horrific uh, tornado. Again, February, a February tornado, which means it probably was warm, something coming through, a cold front coming through. You know, just a massive, hot and cold mixes, unlike yesterday and today, where it's been just nothing but cold. Just a, a horrific tornado happened. And a couple names, Mr. Gerald Chatham. Uh, this will be Judge Chatham's dad. Uh, he was the DeSoto County Disaster Chairman for the Red Cross at the time. And he announced that things were being set up uh, and help was being set up at Payne Store in the Cedar View community. And then there's disasters headquarters have been established at the Bank of Olive Branch, where local workers were engaged with coping with the immediate needs and other Red Cross offices were sending uh, help and supplies to those affected in the Lewisburg, Bethel, and the Cedar View area. So again, just a, a sad a day a, or sad week 66 years ago uh, hitting DeSoto County. We know we've seen some other horrific you know, tornadoes. We've had one hit here, uh, what, about a year ago now? Right. A little over a year ago that came through and, and hit the Love community and the, and also, again, made it all the way over to uh, Lewisburg area. Uh, luckily, uh, there were no fatalities in that one, but a lot of damage. And But just think, you know, with the warnings that we have now, if we didn't have those then, of course, the 3 p.m. time thing was uh, you know, terrible because kids were getting ready to get out of school. And they the article talks about if it was you know another two to four, three miles north, it would have gone right through the heart of Hernando, right through the heart of Olive Branch as those kids were getting out of school, and it could have been even more devastating. So, again, just a great fact of the week. 
uh, if a horrific fact of the week provided to us by Rob Wong. Yeah, thank you, Rob, for that uh, fact of the week. Uh, DeSoto County Museum brings it to us each and every week. But, Derek, I sat there this uh, yesterday morning, uh, drank two cups of coffee, and watched uh, the weather on Channel 3, 5, 7, and 13. That tells you right there the difference in the world 66 years later compared to back then. Uh, again, these kids, they, they, they're getting out of school. It's 3 o'clock. It's right around that time. You know, just sit, no idea. Just had no idea. Exactly. Just you know, amazing. We, had, we knew for about a week and a half that something was going to happen sure. in this time frame. And within, you know, three or four days ago, we knew the number, the inches. We right. knew the time it was hitting. We watched it come through on models. They, You know, none of that. And uh, just a just a sad day for yeah, DeSoto County. Very tough for DeSoto County, absolutely. Not really an easy way to transition, Derek, but – Podcast brought to you by DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, and implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care experience. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662 629-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. We want to welcome our newest advertiser, Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's again, 662-892-8419. Or reach them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Speaking of a beautiful lawn, podcast brought to you by William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Richard continues to ask me to remind the UTW Podcast listeners about their fencing services. That's new fences, fence repair, any type of fencing for your property, gates, etc. Please reach out to Richard and his team at William Services. You can call them at 662 662- 292-8855 that's 662-292-8855 or look him up on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook Richard's going to come on sometime pretty soon with us discuss lawn care discuss springtime uh, needs for every yard springtime needs for landscaping and that type of stuff so definitely looking forward to meeting with Richard for an interview going to sit in with us uh, one day on the show visit we'll talk a little bit about his military career uh, and also definitely talk a ton about uh, how to 
have the best yard in your neighborhood coming up sometime in, in March. So thank you to Richard, Green King, DFDC, Lauderdale Insurance, North Point, and Magical Destinations for uh, advertising with us uh, each and every week. And especially thank you to How to Barbecue Right and Team Couch, uh, a Birch Realty Group, for being our presenting and studio sponsor. Speaking of good things, we like to always talk about local high school people that are doing good things right now. And we have a signing. Tell us about it. Something that seems to be, you know, I guess a ritual on here now is almost every podcast we have another signing. Yep. And so it just shows the great athletics and academics we have in DeSoto County. And so just another one today, Landon Powell of DeSoto Central uh, has announced that he will be continuing his academic and baseball career at Inawama Community College. So again, congrats to Landon getting his first two years of college paid for, maybe more after that. But again, every time that somebody, uh, a athlete, a student athlete announces that they can be, have their uh, their college paid for, we're going to definitely give them a shout out. Three Lady Tigers, uh, last Friday's show, uh, one of the Lady Tigers we actually know uh, had an opportunity to, to move on and play junior college soccer. You know, look, if, if that's something that you want to do and you're not quite ready to hang up the cleats, I highly recommend if you have the ability, have that opportunity to, to go and get your college paid for, junior college. You know, baseball, junior college baseball still playing, you know, 55, 65 games uh, based off how many how far they might go in the playoffs. But just great experience. So congratulations to Landon uh, moving on to from D.C. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a great year this year. Moving on to be an ICC Indian. Uh, so congratulations to him. All right, now moving on to basketball, where I'm sure several of these girls will hopefully play at the next level. The first, we're going to start with the girls 6A. Uh, this is the district tournaments. We remember we talked about the first round last week. Some of those were um, postponed and pushed uh, until Thursday and Friday. Uh, so now we're talking about those Thursday and Friday games. We're going to go kind of recap what happened, where they are. Now, the first round of the state playoffs was supposed to take place last night. Those now have been pushed, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the division, the championship and consolation games. Hey, real quick, was that pushed for the whole state? The whole state. The whole state pushed it, pushed, pushed it yeah. off. Okay. Yeah, they're going to push it Not off. Not just up here. Okay. We're going to announce all the, the dates, up, the adjusted dates upcoming gotcha. uh, at the end of sports. Uh, but the girls, 6A at Olive Branch, Region 1, 6A. The championship game, Olive Branch defeats Tupelo 61-57. to This is the third time they play this year. They are in the same district. And this, the third time the game was decided by six points or less. Uh, and this is the second time that Olive Branch won. Now, we know that Tupelo gave the Lady Conquistadors their only loss of the season, which was the first time that they played. Olive Branch has now beat them back-to-back times, uh, six points last time, which gave them the one seed. Uh, and then now four points in the championship game. Uh, Olive Branch was led by Addison Howell with 23 points and Brenia Eason with 13. Uh, Olive Branch now wins Region 1, uh, 6A. They will get a bye. Tupelo will now move on as a second seed and host a, a first-round game. In the consolation game, DeSoto Central girls beat Lewisburg 56-44. to So DeSoto Central will get the third seed. They get to move on. Unfortunately, the Lady Patriots have to go home. They're, they end their season 12-16. and DeSoto Central was led by Janiah Jones with 17 and Rachel Hightower with 14. And for the Lady Patriots, Allie Carroll had 16. But again, unfortunately, they're the, they're the fourth seed now, and they, have to, they will go on home. Right, so to set everything up, the top three seeds of everything we're talking about, the three districts, the the, the top three teams of the four. That's why we talked about we, the Hernando coach was nice enough to reach out, let us know what the consolation game means. And so we learned something last week and definitely set that up. So really the top three teams come out of the di- district tournament to move on to the playoffs. That's right. All the all the, the one seeds get a bye. Correct. Uh, and then so the two and the three move on to um, – you know, play each other kind of in the first round, and then of course the one seeds will play the winners of those games. Yes. All right. The next region two six A girls at Oxford. This one's playing at Oxford. It's an upset, Matt. Uh, Hernando Lady Tigers lost. Yep. 
47 to 45. It's a first district loss of the year, and that we are 21 and four going into the play uh, into the district tournament. Excuse me. Uh, this is they they lose the championship game. However, they still they still go on. Uh, they're a two seed now. They will be able to host the first round game, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But Oxford will get the bye. You know, kind of a, a shock. Sure. Uh, I was following this. It stayed close. It was two points at halftime. We kind of thought, okay, well, Hernandez is going to turn this run and, and pull it out. It stayed two points the, the whole second half. So yeah, if uh, you, you get the one seed, you're guaranteed a Sweet 16. That's right. There you go. That's right. So that's the top. You're guaranteed a Sweet 16, and you're guaranteed a host. Well, actually, you're guaranteed. Uh, 32 to – yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. You're in the Sweet 16 right. if you get the one seed. That's yeah. correct. This consolation game uh, had two DeSoto County teams. Horn Lake defeats uh, South Haven 46 to 35. So, Horn Lake Lady Eagles will move on to the first round of the playoffs. So, on the boys' side. So, again, this uh, was played in the same location. So, the Region 1 6A boys were played at Olive Branch. That championship game, Tupelo 72, Olive Branch 52. Now, this is kind of how it went the whole time. The Tupelo boys were the, the, the one seed coming in. Uh, Olive Branch was a two seed. They did lose, uh, kind of a a twenty point loss is kind of a bad loss. <laughs> it's a bad loss. It's a bad loss of the championship game, but they still get to move on and try and to redeem host. themselves. Yeah. They are a two seed, which means they will host. Uh, so Tupelo wins a district; they'll get the first round by. Uh, Olive Branch was led by Jonathan Burns with thirteen points, but no other uh, conquistador had more than nine. So no nobody else was in, in double digits except for Jonathan. Uh, in the consolation game, now this was the, the the best game, I guess, of the night in Isle Branch or of the day in Isle Branch because, remember, they had to play them all in the same day. DeSoto Central, 56, Lewisburg, 55. Mm. Uh, so the Jaguars will move on. Lewisburg was leading 40, 51 to 47 with a minute and 30 left. But then D.C. scores five points in the last 30 seconds, the last being a three-pointer with 16.6 seconds left by Kendall Lewis to take the lead for good, and they, they held on. 56-55, so very hard-fought game by the Patriots. Just couldn't pull it out at the end. The Jaguars were led by Matthew Smith with 14 points and Malik Jones with 11. And the Patriots were led by Eli Lamb with 20 and Loger Coker, both seniors, uh, with 18. And so they have finished their high school careers uh, with that. So, again, DeSoto Central moves on. Just a tough way to end the season, though. Lewisburg uh, battled. You know, had a good season. You know, had a good number of wins and had a good season, And you know, COVID-19 era, I mean, any, any games or any season's good, but, I mean, just the last two losses were, were very tough. They were very tough. The Region 2, 6A in Oxford. Uh, South Haven, the boys, of course, they've been strong all year. They win 61-38 to over Oxford. Oxford got the upset against the Lady Tigers on the girls' side, could not do it against the Chargers on the boys' side, the South Haven Chargers on the boys' side. So, South Haven will get the bye in the first round. And then in the consolation game, we had two DeSoto County teams. You know, Hernando, 55, Horn Lake, 56. There you go. So the Hernando Tigers, who struggled this yeah, year. That's an understatement. Actually, made the, they're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs, they, yeah. They got a shot uh, back to 0-0, zero and zero, so uh, they will have to travel, obviously being the three seed. They're in the playoffs. That's all you know. You can't win it unless you're in it. Exactly. Um, so good for the Hernando Tigers moving on. Uh, both teams under the water tower. One's a two seed, one's a three seed. We'll be cheering hard, absolutely. On um, the girls, 5A, District 1, uh, excuse me, Region 1, 5A. Center Hill, 67, Lake Cormorant, 46. This was the consolation game. Uh, we're not going to talk about the the, uh, the championship game because there was no DeSoto County teams involved. Okay. Uh, so the consolation game, Center Hill, 67, Lake Cormorant, 46. Matt, I hang with them all day, all year long. Uh, the Lady, the Gators. Lady, Lady Gators finished 3 and 16. Something. Three and um, something. <laughs> three and something. But, again, they, they, they put up a fight. 61-46. I mean, again, it's it's a it's 21 points, but we've seen some of their scores. I, I will give them credit for hard fault. They're ready to rebuild for next year. Uh, the Lady Mustangs do move on now. They are the three seed coming out of the District one, uh, Region 1-5A. They were led by Kylie Prentice with 23 points and Hope Mueller with 15 points. 
And so, again, we'll, we'll watch them as they, they start their playoff this week. So the championship would have been Saltillo and Lafayette. And, and for those that are, are wondering, Saltillo won. Saltillo won. Is the, they're the one seed, Lafayette two. So here girls three. That's correct. Coming up. All right, so Region 1 boys 5A. We had both the Soto County teams in the championship game. Upset. Another upset. So this is the you had the Hernando girls losing. Center Hill boys lose to Lake Cormorant, 58-56 to in overtime. That is a big deal. Yes. Big deal. So this is a Center Hill had absolutely pretty much blown out Lake Cormorant both times they played them in the regular season. The Mustangs, you know, had beaten them soundly. Uh, but they stopped a run of district title at Center Hill. I think this was their third or fourth year in the road they were trying to go for the district title. Lake Cormorant stops that. Zanon Harrelson he did hit a three for the Mustangs at the buzzer to actually send it into overtime. But unfortunately, they were not able to come out on the end. Uh, so, But fortunately for the, the uh, Gators, they were able to. And again, just a huge, I mean, followed on Twitter. You know, They were going crazy, of course, because I'm sure the diehards expected them to win. But you know, a lot of people from the outside thought Center Hills, uh, this was definitely Center Hills' to lose. Sure. Cormorant was led by Donovan Sanders with 18 points and KB Brooks with 15 Center Hill, led by Zandon Harrelson with 32 points. Wow. He was the one that hit the three again to send it to overtime. And then Caden Laws with 12. So, again, Center Hill did not get the championship. They do move on as the two seed. Like Cormorant will get the bye. I have a feeling maybe they're going to see each other again in the sure. playoffs if, if it works out, if the brackets work out. The north way. side, yes. On the north side. All right, so that's all the playoffs. So now you know everybody that's made the playoffs. So, again, this is how they're going to work, and then I'm going to read real quickly through their matchups. So the girls, the first round will now be played on Thursday night. It was supposed to take place last night. Uh, it will now be played on Thursday night. The boys' first round will be played on Friday night, this this Friday night. Now, again, this is assuming there's no re-icing. We, we know there's other weather they're talking about coming through tomorrow and Thursday. Sure. So this could adjust again. Uh, but there was supposed to be last night and tonight. Now it's been moved to Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday is reserved for any games that cannot take place. So for some reason they have to postpone, you know, especially the, the, game, the games that are supposed to be held in DeSoto County. If those have to be postponed, they will be played on Saturday as, as best as possible to get those games in this week. The girls. So here's your matchups for all of the DeSoto County teams that we just talked about. Olive Branch gets a bye. South Panola at Hernando. Thursday night. DeSoto Central at Clinton Thursday night and Horn Lake at Startville Thursday night. So those are the four teams in it from on the girls' side, 6A. On the boys' side, 6A, South Haven has the bye. Hernando at Germantown, which is Madison, Mississippi. Warren Central at Olive Branch. DeSoto Central at Madison Central all on Friday. Now we'll go to the 5A. Girls 5A, we had one, one team on the girls' side. Center Hill at Provine Thursday. And then boys 5A, Lake Cormorant has the bye. And then Provine at Center Hill. So the girls, Provine, excuse me, the Center Hill girls have to go to Provine. And then Provine has to come to the Center Hill boys, of course, taking place on Friday. So those games will be on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if, if necessary. Second round will be Monday and Tuesday, Monday for the girls next week, Tuesday for the boys. And then the third round, which will get you to the big house, will be next Thursday, the 25th, for the girls, and the next Friday, the 26th, for the boys. Man, the weather just accentuates it, but, man, the, lot, the amount of travel. You know, <laughs> you know, the girl, Center Hill bus goes down to Provine, comes back, gets up back in the middle of the night. Uh, Provine bus drives up to Center Hill, three-hour trip. Uh, it's just, I mean, you take for granted. You just don't – I mean, you and I obviously aren't in, you know, coaching or whatever, but, man, these coaches just get out and grind, you know, get kids home in the middle of the night almost. Well, I mean, again, and it's the – Having to be so flexible, especially with this sure, weather, just not knowing and having to book it. And, you know, it, it was funny. The uh, state put out a thing saying boys' games have to be done by Wednesday at midnight. They came off that pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pretty quick when they saw what's coming through. 
All right, now real quickly, we'll turn to the private school side, uh, the Tennessee playoffs. With of course, we have North Point in the county. Uh, their playoffs, the boys' playoffs, started Saturday. The Trojans were a three seed, uh, so they did have to play first round. The girls, as Matt correctly predicted, did not lose a district game, and so they are a one seed. They actually had a bye until supposedly last night. Uh, now it will be played on Wednesday. But the North Point Trojans, uh, they played their first round game was against Jackson Christian out of Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, the Trojans won 62-46. to 46. They led 26-20 to 20 at the half, but then pulled away in the third quarter, up 46-32. Uh, then fi- the final score was 62-46. They were led by Christian Gilliland with 27 points, Mitchell Wright with 15 points, and Eric Stewart with 11 points. They now play ECS. This, play- this game was supposed to take place tomorrow on Wednesday, and then the girls, again, was supposed to take place last night on Monday night. But now they both will be played tomorrow. The boys are trying now, instead of playing in the daytime, the boys will be playing at ECS, which is the two-seed in the other bracket, at 8 p.m. And then the girls will be playing at 4. They, they are, of course, hosting the game against Fayette Academy. So, again, North Point girls, uh, assuming travel is, not, is possible, will be playing at 4 p.m. against Fayette and the boys, 8 p.m. at ECS. Absolutely, and all the podcast listeners know what I'm about to say. Kids, be thankful you're playing basketball. Absolutely a great time in your life to be playing basketball, uh, hanging out with friends and doing that. So enjoy it as much and as long as you can. And definitely shout out to all the administrators that are making this happen, principals, coaches, referees, all those people that are uh, helping everybody get the gym situated and ready to go for these young people to do what they're supposed to do uh, right now in their life. So thank you, thank you to all of that. If you enjoy what you're hearing each and every Tuesday and Friday, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Most importantly, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere like that. Be sure and hit subscribe so we'll continue to grow our show and you'll know each and every time that we release one of our new shows. We will start our special shows again next Wednesday. We will not be doing a special show this week because the War II Alderman race, uh, we explained uh, how that kind of works out. Uh, those gentlemen do not necessarily have to, to spar per se or start their campaign until April. So we're not going uh, to have them on yet as part of the special show we will be interviewing the three gentlemen that are running for the ward three alderman seat coming up over the next week and that show will be released next wednesday as a special show so you can listen to those three interviews all together as a group so that's going to be coming up next wednesday and then we'll continue the alderman races or the alderman interviews as we go but just a really good time again great response we have for the ward one alderman show with natalie lynch and chris tong candidates if you heard that show if you haven't listened to it probably want to go see kind of what the questions are going to consist of and look like uh, if you don't go prepare yourself for that um i mean it's your own fault really you know for for what we're going to ask something else Derek. before we wrap up we are recording this show on fat tuesday uh, fat tuesday obviously everybody knows what that is mardi gras comes to a close you know typically the saturday before fat tuesday uh Derek, a, a men's group Derek and i are, are part of called the crew of fernando Derek and i were very involved in starting that here in the uh, town of fernando now giving away over a half million dollars to charity you know financially half million dollars a lot of service hours and different stuff like that but really frustrating time it's part of the COVID 19 issue decided to cancel that for this year would have been our 10th annual ball and so just um you know just a sad time it is First of all, Lazy Labonto Roy had to, uh, you know, it's it's sad. Uh, you know, of course, not not just for us. I mean, the whole Mobile, you know, New Orleans had to shut down sure. Mardi Gras, and so it's just a, uh, you know, just a, a rough year. I know that I'm not sure what the, the schools did. Of course, with the snow, they may have gotten the days off anyway. But 
Uh, I know growing up, you used to get Mardi Gras, you know, the two or three days off from Mardi Gras, uh, whereas, you know, the Mississippi schools would get President's Day or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it is. It, you know, I hated missing the ball this year. You know, it's been a great Valentine's Day theme. You had Valentine's and Mardi Gras back-to-back. Uh, it would have been a, you know, easy to do themes, easy, you know, great time, uh, built-in dates. Um, and it just didn't work out. But, again, it doesn't mean we're going to be slowing down. Uh, we're going to continue to move on, looking for a fundraiser later on this year. And then, of course, come back stronger next year uh, with just a bigger and better ball. So, again, I uh, hope that everybody, you know, uh, this is Fat Tuesday. If you, if you didn't get a king cake, you might be, might be out of luck trying to get one today. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, you can do all the revel you want to do uh, in your house with your, with your family. Uh, and just remember that, you know, for those of y'all uh, who uh, are Christian, uh, the season of Lent starts tomorrow, Ash Wednesday. Uh, and so uh, those that observe it, uh, you know, just to be thinking about that, what the time means uh, leading up to Easter, uh, and just uh, looking to, um, to move into that season. You and I are involved on the board there for the crew, Fernando, to make that decision. Just thought it was the right decision to make at this particular time um, that we should be safe, uh, not knowing kind of what was going on. Or, you know, the, the numbers, Derek, if you pay t- close attention, the numbers are going down. They so are. things are looking to uh, continue to go in that, that, that direction, which we're very happy about. But we just felt like it was not the time to do that. The tough part about not having the Mardi Gras ball is that's, that's what funds all of our giving. Uh, you know, we typically raised over the last several years, we've averaged over $30,000 raised. So if you're one of those charities or one of those organizations that we give to, uh, we're working trying to figure it out, okay? Uh, we're definitely uh, working hard each and every month uh, as a group of guys to uh, still be a, a, be able to give. So we're working through that right now. But, you know, tough time not having a Mardi Gras ball. It's become part of our February. You know, thousands of people have attended. Thousands of people benefit each and every year from what we do. So, um, you know, shout out to those guys for continuing to plow on and, and uh, looking forward to next year where we can hopefully have the biggest and best ball we've ever had. So, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the Water Tower.